0: Welcome to another reflection episode of One Step. This is a space for us to go deeper. I'll be looking back on last week's episode and sharing my reaction and yours too. I'm your host, Ingrid Nilsson, and last week on One Step, I talked to Nitika Chopra, who's a leader in the wellness industry and speaks openly about living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. We talked about one of my favorite topics right now, body hair, and we also talked about Nitika's decision to publicly share parts of her that she used to hide. If you haven't listened to that interview yet, make sure to go check it out. So on this week's episode, I'm going to be sharing my own journey of finding the boundary between oversharing and knowing when to be vulnerable. So here we go. One of the biggest takeaways from this episode for me was this.
1: I had this whole
0: world that was very personal and private to me that I probably would help people by sharing, but I was just like afraid at first. You know, anytime I have a conversation with somebody, I'm always like, what's the thing that you don't want to talk about, but that you're the most passionate about? It's always the thing that they need to be telling everyone about. I think it's the thing that you know, we've done probably the most work on, we've worked on our shame around that area, we've worked on embracing that area of our lives, but we also are afraid it's like the most vulnerable thing that we could ever do. I thought this was a really powerful part of our conversation because all of us have something at some point that we are desperately trying to hide about ourselves. And sometimes it's even multiple things. And, you know, I think that Those are often the things that we end up needing to share the most because we have so much shame around those things. And the way that we free ourselves is to share those things with people who have earned our trust and have earned the right to hold that space with us. You know, usually when we're ready to talk about something, whether it's like sharing with one other person, we have already explored that topic a lot with ourselves. This idea is something that is very relatable to me because I think about, you know, coming out And before coming out, I knew when I was younger that I was definitely attracted to girls in a different way. And as I got older, I was definitely attracted to certain women in a different way and It took so long for me to come to terms with that part of myself. It literally took 26 years to, you know, really figure that out and acknowledge to myself, okay, this is something that I have clearly known, that I have clearly felt multiple times over and over. It's not going away and I need to start sharing this with other people And then I opened up into a trusted circle of friends and started sharing that with them. And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, I've shared it with my trusted circle. And now I'm in this position where my job is public facing. And I don't think that I could move forward with the work that I'm doing without sharing this with this community that I have built online. Um, And we all know what happened after that. At least most of us do. I posted a coming out video. And, you know, I think that, like, that was something that I tried to hide about myself for so long that I really just stuffed into this dark corner of myself, put a bunch of chains around it, and I was like, this is never, ever going to see the light of day. And there have been so many things that I have done that with over the course of my life, that I have unchained, that I thought, oh my gosh, I will never tell another person about this ever. Like there's no way I could ever talk about this with someone and that they would still accept me. And it turns out I've talked about these things with other people and they have accepted me. And I think, you know, a big one for me that I have not talked about publicly, but I've talked about personally with everyone who is close to me in my life is how I have lied about graduating from college. And it took me a long time to really come to terms with that lie, to take responsibility for that lie. And to understand why that lie was happening. I remember talking about this in therapy for the first time, and I thought, my therapist is gonna think I'm the worst person in the world. Like, she's gonna hate me, and she's going to just like kick me out of here. And what I realized is, oh, that. That didn't happen. She looked at me with so much compassion and helped me to see why this was happening. And so I guess we'll just go into it now since this is the first time I'm talking about this. I've talked about how tumultuous my teen years were for me, and I was embedded in so much grief, so much pain. I was really lashing out with my behavior and at the same time i wasn't someone that reached towards drugs or alcohol i was someone who reached towards people and forming relationships that were not healthy and also creating a essentially you know the fantasy world that i wanted to be my actual life Um, creating stories about myself that I wish had been true, that I wish had been the course of my actual life. And this stemmed from pressure from my family, people that I grew up around, to go to college, to do really well in school. My mom came from Thailand where No other woman in her family had gone to college until my mom. My mom not only went to high school and finished high school, but she went to college, finished college. She was working, which was completely different for her family setup. And she came to the United States and, you know, her stance um, a decade ago and more was, I didn't come to this country for you to not pursue a higher education. But when I was in high school, there were so many things happening in my life that other students around me were not experiencing that really pulled me into isolation. My high school did not know how to work with someone who was experiencing sickness in the household where one parent was extremely sick. And then after my dad died, they didn't know how to handle a student who had just lost her father. So my grades really fluctuated. And I went from you know one semester having straight A's to then barely passing any of my classes. And I felt so much shame because I felt like I'm letting my mom down who is incredibly sick right now. And it's I'm still not even sure if she's going to survive. And my dad is dead and I'm letting him down. And he would be so upset with me when the reality is... I really don't think he would have been, but that was the story I was telling myself. And, you know, I was watching people around me and how much value they placed on college. And there was always something inside of me, even before a lot of trauma had happened in my life, that could just never, I could never really picture myself in college and finishing college and going into an office place and like working in a cubicle which is what my mom did and after high school I went to community college because my grades were not in a place where I could get into another school and I also couldn't afford anything else my mom and I and my grandma who was still living at that time and living with us had pretty much nothing when my dad died we were left with a bunch of debt. And my mom was incredibly sick. And I did not qualify for financial aid. My grades were not in a place where I could get any kind of scholarships. And I engaged in unhealthy relationships, which I played a role in that, definitely. And through those relationships, I just didn't feel better about myself when you're in an unhealthy relationship you're definitely not going to feel better about yourself and the people that I continued to surround myself with kept telling me through actions and through words that I was stupid that I was worthless that I would never do anything with my life and I went into a place where I was like okay I am going to create another path for myself. And that was the way that I coped with everything. I created this world where I did everything that everyone wanted me to do, where I was this good girl, because everyone was telling me that I was bad and that there was something wrong with me and that I wasn't doing things the way that I should be doing them. Whether it was like, I wasn't grieving right, I wasn't a good student, I wasn't what a young woman should be etc, etc. I created this lie. And then I found myself making YouTube videos. And I was like, shit, I guess I'm just going to continue this because I don't know what else to do. I was in such a place of confusion and darkness when I started my channel. Looking back on that younger self, I am just like, oh my God, I don't even know how I saw clearly enough to even make a YouTube video. You know, I didn't know any other way to cope. Uh, Drugs and alcohol were not, you know, what I reached for. Lying is what I reached for because I really wanted this, this story, this other story to be true and my real story to not be true. And I wanted to hide the real story. Because I thought the real me was just too ugly and shameful and embarrassing and stupid to ever see the light of day. I really believed that. And because I was able to find my footing and my creativity again through making YouTube videos and connecting with people who just loved me for me. And didn't care about all of these other things. They just really loved me. I began to let go of that. And I began to tell people that I didn't graduate from college. And I lied about that. And I went to community college. And I experimented with going to an art school that put me into $30,000 of debt that I didn't even like at all but I met really amazing people there who just accepted me and it's these people who accepted me who especially early on who gave me the courage to keep taking steps into my deeper truest self it's so interesting how people come and go from your life and you're not really sure why it happens and then you are years away from the experience and you completely understand why they were put in your life. And so now I'm in a place where I tell people the truth about who I am when I meet them and they know this story when they meet me. I told my closest friends, the people who are most important to me, who I had lied to, and to see the way that they just embraced me and Didn't love me any less, but loved me more because I trusted them to tell them this part of my story was incredible. And you know, there's a lot more to this story than what I'm able to say right now. And I think when I'm ready, I will tell that story in the way that I feel like I want to tell it. But this is the bulk of it. And That was life changing for me to watch my friends just pull me closer and to also be making new relationships where this point comes where I very clearly see I could tell a lie about myself, but I'm going to tell the truth about myself. And every time I do, it feels scary right before, but it always feels better after i tell the truth of who i am and i even tell people i lied about this part of myself and it was for these reasons and it's just been incredible to see how even new people in my life have accepted that i think about erica and how i told her this story early into dating and how she just had so much compassion for me and it didn't stop her from loving me. It made her, at this point, love me even more. And it's one of the reasons why she loves me and one of the reasons why she wants to be with me. It's not a, I'm with you in spite of this. It's, I'm with you because of this. Because this is part of you and I love you. Whew. I wasn't exactly expecting to tell this story, but it's what naturally came out. I had tried to tell it multiple times before and it never felt quite like the time. I felt like there was still work for me to be doing around this and now I'm in the place where I'm ready to let this story go and I'm ready to not be ashamed of it anymore. But this is something that I wanted people to know because this is my 10th year on YouTube. It's a big deal to me. I never thought that I would have this life I have learned from the age of 20 to the age of 30 how to allow myself to grow and evolve and to keep continuing to step into the deeper truth of who I am. And I wanted to share this deeper truth with you. And I'm sorry if there's anyone out there who is upset. Or angered by this news because I understand that for people who have been watching me and following me for a long time this might feel like a betrayal you might be really upset with me and I understand and I am sorry that I lied I don't know who will understand and who won't your response is not within my control but what is within my control is to tell the truth about myself and that is the truth I don't need that coping mechanism anymore and I haven't for a long time and I haven't used it for a long time and I really feel that you know this is that step in really truly setting myself free and so all I can say is thank you for being here thank you for listening And to the people who have been around for the last 10 years, I have nothing but gratitude. So much gratitude. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because of you, I have been challenged to be a better version of myself with every year that passes. And when I look back on who I was 10 years ago. I see so much growth. It is absolutely incredible. It is because of this community that has grown around me. So I had originally planned to reflect on a bunch of other things too, but this is what naturally came up for me. And I think the beauty of sharing things that we want to hide when we're ready to share them encourages others to do the same and to step into their truths. And, you know, seeing Nitika post photos of herself that she had literally physically been hiding for 17 years and seeing how she had the courage to Put those photos out into the world when she was so afraid of anyone ever seeing them. I remember in the interview that being the moment for me of this is a sign. This is a sign that I'm ready to do this and I didn't know that it was exactly going to come out in this way but I had to follow that instinct and it's really incredible that just the person sitting across from me got me to this place where I have shared something that I never thought I would ever be able to share publicly and now it's out and I thought that I would be like curled up in a ball on the floor, like crying and just like snot everywhere. And yes, I am crying and I have like a pile of tissues next to me. But it feels like a weight has lifted because I know that this is my truth and I have set it free and I have allowed it to be a part of me in a way that isn't full of shame. It's a part of me and my growth and where I'm headed in the future, but it doesn't define my overall existence, and it's not here to hold me back anymore. It's here to lift me up and pull me forward. Now that I've shared my reflections, I asked you last week to share your thoughts on our conversation. So here's what you had to say. My name is Megan, and I just listened to your third episode of the One Step Podcast. I really liked it. I actually, I have OCD, and you wouldn't realize how much a mental illness can affect
1: somebody's perception of their body, but for me, it's always been, like, I need to have control over everything, and so even a hair out of place sometimes used to make me cry. It's interesting, and I thought I would share that, You know, sometimes people's perceptions of their body and problems that they have with their body aren't always visible, it can be a mental thing. And I would encourage anybody who has
0: OCD and it's affecting them or any kind of illness like that and not loving how they look in the mirror to seek some help because I did and it was definitely a good thing.
1: Hi Ingrid, a few months ago, I had a diagnosis of gluten intolerance I had been having quite serious digestive problems for three years. I had never gone to the doctors until a few months ago. I really thought that it's not serious. I would brush it off every single time and tell myself, yeah, maybe this is normal. Maybe it's because I'm a woman. Now that I think about it, it doesn't really make sense. But I didn't really want to tell myself that, yeah, it could actually be serious and I didn't really want to take up space my body it was trying to tell me that something is wrong and I was just I was just not listening to it (laughs) but now that that I have done the diet and I'm quite strict about it because I want to work with my body and not against it I can see that it's healing I love being in my body now and I think what this experience has taught me is I really want to take care of my body and let it serve me. I know it's a vessel and it's very precious and it takes care of me and so I need to take care of it. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank
0: you so much to everyone who's out there
1: listening. Next week, I'm going to be venturing out of my
0: comfort zone once again and talking about money. So we're really just diving into the deep end here. I think everyone is going to have something to say about this episode, so you're not going to want to miss it. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends too. You can find One Step on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at One Step Podcast to stay up to date. Thank you to our producer, Christina Cleveland, who had to listen to me cry today and brought me tissues, and our sound engineer and editor, Tung Chen, who also had to listen to me cry today, and our studio, the YouTube Space in New York. Take care and talk soon.